reminding myself when I'm recording, like to, to channel the energy that the song is really in devotion of. Is it a call to action? Do I bring that ferocity, that, rah, that rawness? Or do I bring tenderness? Because this is kind of like a lullaby in a song about breaking open and having no choice but to surrender because you're fucking beat. You know, does that require like what kind of energy, what kind of archetype, what kind of feminine energy, what kind of masculine energy? You know, that's where you can really learn so much through the archetypes about the shades of masculine and feminine energy. Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. Today, I get to sit down with my soul sister, Monique Benabou. Being an internationally recognized transformational artist, vocal embodiment coach, and sound healer, Monique is dedicated to revolutionizing mainstream beliefs around artistry, holistic healing, and ritual centered around sacred sound and frequency. In addition to her intentional artistic offerings, she facilitates dynamic workshops, coaching courses, and one-on-one mentorships supporting throat chakra, voice, and truth activations, as well as in-depth artist development and channeling. Monique supports others in bringing their inner artist and channel online, increasing self-trust and liberating limiting beliefs around creativity and worth. If you're feeling a soul tap, connect with her and check her out on Instagram. And I hope you love this conversation. It was full of so much freaking magic. Enjoy. All right, you guys. Sitting down today with one of my dear, dear soul sisters, Monique Benaboo. And for those of you who are just listening to this, we are in the home studio together in Los Angeles. So we get to just have this conversation in real life. And Mo, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming over. Thank you for this epic conversation. I know we are going to have. I just adore you. I love you. I love you too. She's real. <laughs> yes. Yes. She's Connection. real. I know. Connection. Friends. Friends in real life that aren't through Zoom or just FaceTime. I love it. Yeah. I'm super, super grateful to be here. Thank you for asking me. Of course. To come on. Um, I know we're going to take a journey. 
Yes. Oh, we're gonna get ready for it, everybody. Buckle up. So hold on to your tits. Hold on to your tits. Grab someone's butt. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Get hydrate always. (laughs) All right. So as y'all know, we start off every episode with our guests with a little bit of rapid fire. So I've got about 10 questions for you. Number one, what is something you're grateful for right now? Hmm. I am grateful for damn one. Two things, three things. Okay, okay, okay. Throw this is rapid fire. There. So yeah. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for cannabis. I am grateful for um the clients that I'm currently in relationship with and the yeah, music, I life. I love it. All of it. So many beautiful things. Grateful for gratitude. <laughs> I don't I feel like that's a cheating answer. Okay, what is one of your guilty pleasures? regardless of whether you feel guilt with it, right? We don't want to feel guilt. So what is one of those like, you know, stereotypical guilty pleasures that you have? Um, Reality TV, but like, um, like there's a show on Netflix called, I think it's Singapore Social. Oh. And it's like, it's like the hills, but But in Singapore. Singapore. Okay. And it's just, I eat it up. Okay. Interesting. I have not heard of that one. I like it. All right. The fashion's amazing. Oh, I bet. I bet. So yeah. like that's somewhere that I've never been. I would love to visit Singapore. Mm-hmm. What is a random fact that people probably don't know about you? Hmm. Random fact that people don't know about me is that I had a mullet when I was five and I gave it to myself because my mom's a hairdresser and I wanted to be like her. So I got some shears and I was like, look, mommy. And I just did the thing. I was so confident. And then I rocked the mullet for the next year as it grew out. Nice. Nice. We've all, I think, growing up done unfortunate things to our own, (laughs) right? Cutting our own bangs, all that. I still sometimes cut my own hair, which, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) if you weren't doing what you do now, Mm. what's like a wild, not wild necessarily, but like some career or job that you've always been like, oh, that would be so cool. Like that's not necessarily for me but that would be so cool because obviously you are doing like what you're meant to be doing yeah there are there are a couple that come to mind one is a politics like I want to I want to kind of experience that world for president listen I will not there is no fuck around there is no fuck around (laughs) and then like like a stripper oh very but like an empowered stripper like very a dancer different ends of the spectrum very different though are and they really <laughs> <laughs> all of life is dance all of life is dance okay uh, yeah I, I was gonna go with more jokes on that i don't know it would be good what did you want to be when you were little mm, i wanted to be a singer when i was little for sure like i yes. wanted to be celine dion oh yeah like legit okay Fist pumping it on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When, when's the last time that you cried? A couple days ago. Okay. (laughs) Same. I think mine was like yesterday, probably. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. All the time lately. I mean, are you alive in 2020 and 2021? Were you? Yeah. Right. (laughs) And if you didn't cry, what? It was one. Are you a robot? Yeah, like it was like if 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 twenty twenty was an open house, like you would enter it dry and come out of it wet. Okay. Okay. 
from the house crying with tears. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, no. All right. Speaking of, when's the last time you laughed so hard that you almost peed your pants? Oh, probably last week. What? Mike and I were joking. We were super stoned. And uh, he, he was making fun of a character um, in this martial arts movie we were watching. Okay on valentine's day i don't know he just did something and produced a different laugh and it was like a ah! and it like broke his voice and it just destroyed me i just like i couldn't stop laughing i love it yeah. and then lastly what is your favorite travel destination or like your next travel destination oh my god favorite's gonna be brazil mm. and my next brazil okay <laughs> i like it i've actually never been to brazil oh my goodness would... <gasps> should i need to yeah 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 okay yeah. okay okay oh man you'd have so much fun dancing but yes. wait until like the economy and like the country is able to go back to like a stable place yes so that you can experience the nightlife it's amazing okay done add it to the list mm. All right, so now, now we're gonna get into the things. I would love for you to share your story, like your journey for how, like, how you got to where you are now, like, and all the magic that you're creating in the world. Cause you know, we're gonna talk about like sound healing, sound baths, singing, like using your voice, plant medicine, like all sorts of incredible stuff that this freaking goddess is up to. And I would love to hear like, I, I know so much of it, but I would love for you to share, like, that journey. Oh, my God. Where the beep do I start? <laughs> like, of all of the topics you just introduced, like, where where did I start of which part of, like, because Okay, all so have their... if you guys don't, well, you know from our intro, but Monique was on The Voice. Oh, so yes. I don't know if starting with that could be a really... Obviously, like, I I would love for you to share about how that experience was. And then ultimately, you chose to not go the, like, super commercial mainstream mm -hmm. route and really pave your own path and create your life in the way that feels most authentic to you. So maybe starting from the voice experience till now. Perfect. That's a great milestone. Lovely. Thank you. Um, so I was one of the very few that auditioned for the voice that came from a cattle call. Um, behind the scenes, like the the structure and the business of a, a show like that is gonna, going to primarily, they're going to hedge their bets because they're working with hundreds of millions of dollars mm -hmm. as like per, per season budget. And that money comes from shareholders and that expect to be paid back. So there's a bit of politics and a bit of like, uh, design and organization Absolutely. that comes with the production like that. And so a lot of the contestants have already been pre-vetted yeah. and have come from private auditions and castings uh, of just people out there who have been circulating their name in the industry in their relative cities or parts of the country. And so I was one of the very few that actually made it on to a team that came from a cattle call. Okay. So over a hundred thousand people auditioned live and I was one of those hundred thousand people. 
And I stood outside of the LA forum at 5am. I wasn't going to go. I was nannying at the time. I really was not at a great place in my life. I was just like, I have all this talent. I don't know what the fuck to do with it. I have all these big ass, huge visions. And I came from this small town and I have all this power and might. Nobody knows who I am, (laughs) you know, just like trying to figure it out. And at uh, that point, were you doing a lot of singing and performing? already? I was for sure. I've always been, I've been singing my whole entire life, but as far as like professionally and developing my craft, this was the time where I was really sinking my teeth into open mics and Mm. playing in different parts of the country when I would go visit people and just like anywhere that I could sing. And I, this is when I was starting to write my own music and it was really starting to like go from amateur writing to like songwriting. Mm. So I was developing for sure. And I was out in Thousand Oaks, Camarillo, Simi Valley area at that time, working out of a studio. I had my first music mentor, but it was just, you know, it was, I was still super green. I'd only been in Los Angeles for maybe two two and a half, three years Mm -hmm. at that point. And yeah, I, I almost didn't go because it was like my only day off and I was exhausted because mm-hmm. if you've ever nannied, you know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so, but with the encouragement of some friends, they're like, if I had the talent that you had, I would not waste my day off just doing nothing. Like I resting, would go, yeah, yeah, I would go. Go put myself out there. I was like, I needed to hear that. And so I went and good thing I did because, you know, I, I got like a golden ticket per se to advance into a private audition mm. where I was invited back. And then several rounds and several months of preparation and audition after audition, you know, going through the layers to get to this final, you know, 24. It's, it was crazy. But yeah, uh, so after The Voice is really where the story gets juicy. The story, mm-hmm. like this is where everything begins to manifest and I start to get a taste of my dreams like oh oh this is this is what I've these this matches my vision this matches the energy of like what I see and feel when I sing and I perform I'm like tapping into a larger vision and here I am on this crazy amazing stage lights cameras actions celebrities all over the place and then I'm eliminated and Mm -hmm. I have this real disheartening moment where it I'm like oh this is the part of the industry they talk about where it's not fair you know where politics or the business side of things end up equaling like a rejection for someone who is truly truly talented not to say that the person I was um at that time like competing against wasn't talented but there there's definitely politics there absolutely you know and that was a moment of getting real and asking myself if I really wanted to give my life and my dedication and my focus and my greatest commitment of time and energy to this career in this industry and at that point it was still a yes um Unfortunately, because I was like, there's like fortunates and unfortunates about being so early on in the voices existence, because I was season two, there was low integration or programming for the artists coming off of the show. Like, how do you integrate back 
with your identity? How do you vet proper people and opportunities, mm. people that want to now capitalize off of your exposure, you know, and, and create a business around you with you, you know, like there, and, and please key into that language, building a business with you or around you. Yeah. Where you, instead of you being a co-creator mm. or a leader and a visionary, the you're product. the product. Exactly. Yeah. And that's so often like, uh, my, you know, I have family who's in the music industry and stuff like that. And like have saw that process from like playing at like hotel cafe to getting mm-hmm. a major record deal and all that. And it, there is so much politics with it, especially when you're with a label that mm-hmm. like you kind of have to do what they say a lot of ways. And then it's really when you get super big is when you have more often more sway and that's not like how it goes for everybody right like Mm -hmm. but but yeah sometimes if you want to like make it big you have to play the game yeah and I didn't know that (laughs) but I quickly learned I was super green and so after that I came in I came into contact with a family friend who was wanting to support finding me and helping to vet like a proper manager for me Mm -hmm. she ended up falling into my manager role instead then we brought on another, um, like a co-manager and I was now starting to intermingle with Justin Timberlake's camp, Timberland's camp, the underdogs and working out of these really, really big studios. But I had not yet developed the skills to play at that level, even though I had mad raw talent, no matter the mad raw talent, the discipline of doing something professionally consistently and refining and and operating at the level that these producers and writers and business men and women were operating from and the expectations really that that are held for artists and individuals that walk through those kind of doors I was not fucking aware at all so it was a lot of stress it was a lot of feeling like I wasn't good enough really getting at like those core wounds that I just had from childhood and I I honestly couldn't take it and and I there was a disconnect within my management and I don't believe that they were at that time able to take me where I needed to go or provide me with the kind of artist development that taught me what I needed to know as a business woman and if anyone like for the artists out there I so understand the need and the desire to just fully be in your creator and be the artist and have other mm-hmm. people handling things for you. And I, I support it. However, that is an earned status of just being in your artistry. Once you know how the operations of your business run at its foundational level to begin with, otherwise you put yourself at risk for getting taken advantage of And you don't really know what to look for to complete your team to actually make your life easier. There's so many other reasons why, but like, please know that it's just as important to be a business woman or man as well as an artist, because at the end of the day, if you want to keep your creative control, you are the CEO, you are the boss, and you, you must come into the responsibility of that because you move differently. Yeah. Oh, that's such good advice. And even just like, cause obviously a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show, even just thinking about like, for me, like where I see that is like in my business, 
I want to stay in my zone of genius as much as possible. Like, I think that's, that's the goal for everybody in their business. And so if you're an artist, that's creating your art. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and like, so like, I don't want to be the one handling my bookkeeping and like taxes and all that. That's why I have an accountant who I trust and like fucking love. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be so oblivious to what's going on that I just, am like, I have no idea. Cool. Keep like, I, obviously I trust my team and everything like that, but I want to be aware enough of what's going on so that like on the random occasion that something falls through the cracks, not that this has ever happened. Or like, if I have questions, like to be aware and educated enough with it, but not have to be the one in it. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I think, like, I love that and how you said that. And it's so important for artists as well. Right. Like, even if it's like, so not the zone that you want to be operating in, at least being cognizant of like how things quote unquote should run and like, yeah, what those questions are to ask and boundaries and stuff like that is yeah. so important. And and you will notice that when you embrace and integrate both parts, the business and the artistry, there's a, there's a significant amount of confidence that comes um, and ends up showing up in your art as a result of you taking responsibility and ownership of your, your craft, your career, your brand, everything like that. It's truly the secret sauce that I spent probably seven, seven years of the 13 that I've been out here professionally pursuing this career, seven, at least seven years resisting that Mm. and, and making it the reason why my art, I couldn't, it was so fucking diva. Oh, oh, all the hiding, all the masks. Oh my goodness. So many excuses. And it's just like, look, this is what I do. It's in my blood. I literally like yawn in tune. Like, Oh, like I'll do like, it's like, you know, like, do what you do, Monique, right? Really, when it comes down to it. And humble yourself like, you know, 10% of your time and learn the, these, this, this game, learn this system, this business that you get to be part of. And uh, once I did that, all of the opportunities I was actually really trying to manifest and, 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 and create for myself began to show up. And it was, yeah, it was game changing. Um, and to just kind of pop back into like the original thread, I learned a lot of this from the opposite experience, mm. from a lot of disempowered um, times in that development when I was with my managers. I was so disempowered. I just didn't know. And I was afraid to ask. And so I ultimately left the situation and I didn't realize until recently until I released my single five like after five years of not putting music out how how much healing uh, needed to be done around this part of my life because I really pushed away the mainstream industry and created novels novels (laughs) about why and like novels of separation between myself and this industry. And it wasn't until like, and and sometimes you have to leave home to come back home and embrace it. Right. Mm. And so this is one of those kind of 
stories. That's how my story kind of panned out. And as I re-enter now into the industry as an artist who has spent the time to really understand who she is and what she wants to say and what she wants her art to be about and what her brand says, you know, and I'm, I have that responsibility. I've, I've embraced that responsibility. And now that I'm developing artists in this industry, I've had to heal this. I've had to look at these things. And so I'm actually, you know, it's interesting because this is probably the only, this is only like the fifth time I've told this story since that shift happened. Mm-hmm. And the narrative of how I tell the story has changed. So different. Yeah. So different. But I, just to give a couple more milestones and catch us up to speed so we can move forward. Like I, w- I left that that camp, I left all of the star, shiny, amazing rooms and producers and all the things. And I started to, like, I I didn't actually want to have anything to do with music. I was like so frustrated and just, you know, having a pity party. And I started cooking instead. And that's where I channel my creativity. And I started a supper club that ended up like getting attention from Bravo and being featured in all these things. And when I, I met, this. Oh yeah. I did this whole Moroccan supper club thing. And, and then I finally like felt the purity of my creative channel again. And that's when I felt the invitation to come back into music. Mm. And I started writing from a different place that wasn't so fucking formulaic and so industry and trend. And I just like, I let it all go to come back to my roots. And as a result, you know, we're going to fast forward, like in between that time and now I've had collaborations with Pepsi Cola as a a upcoming featured artist twice. I've been in another talent competition that was global. Um, I and placed in the top five finalists. I've toured the the world. a couple countries, not all of it. it I'll counts. be honest, it counts. I've heard the, the world. world. Yes. <laughs> um, I've, I, you know, like I have some pretty awesome things that I can hang up on the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all of that, all of that surmised was the process of me getting back to my roots doing it my way, feeling a sense of safety, like healing my sense of safety within the music industry by creating my own little industry, my own little bubble. And then slowly one relationship after the next, repairing trust with musicians, repairing trust with people in leadership in music, repairing trust, repairing trust with producers to complete and release my music to me, repairing trust with myself that I could make good decisions because I took the time to learn my industry. Yes. And so as a result, I am here now with so much music that's going to be coming out that is my own this year and for many, many years to come. But also I have a lot of artists that I'm working with. I, I now have a, um, an artist accelerator called Safe Sound Music. Mm. And we we bring artists in um, at varying degrees of their career and their de- development, and we we develop them, you know, body, mind, and spirit. We we take traditional artist development around brand and aesthetic and talent and skill level, and we develop that. But we also bring this holistic mindset, 
business education component to it so that the confidence of the artist can really, like the artist can have a vessel that can carry their gifts and their channel and their talents. Yeah. You know, they're not just feeling stranded on the side of the road, hitchhiking to their destination and their dreams. Yeah. They fucking have a vehicle that is dependable that will get them there too. I love it. And, and like, cause we see this so much with artists and like, I guess like social media sensations and athletes who like yes. blow up overnight and they haven't had the training around like, yeah, business stuff, mindset, like managing your own money, you yeah. know, like all this kind of stuff, handling stress and like boundaries and so many like go bankrupt, like have substance abuse, mental health, mental burnout, health. like oh. all kinds of stuff. And so that is such a beautiful, beautiful thing yeah. to be providing to artists. Thank you. So yeah. And that's just one of the pieces. So developing artists, developing artists, what else, what else are you creating in the world? That I'm, would be your oh like, God. you know, business. I'm call it. normalizing alternative sound frequencies and in music. So, uh, another artist that a lot of people are familiar with is, uh, Janae Aoki, Aoki, am I yes. pronouncing it correctly? Yes, I think I'm so. Sorry if not. But she just came out with an album called Chil Chilombo. Chilombo. Again, sorry. <laughs> but she, um, it's Grammy nominated and it is featuring alternative frequencies and 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 crystal alchemy Ooh. bowls underneath them. And it's really awesome to see um, a mainstream artist or someone I would consider more mainstream. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be highlighting this because I've been working on a project for the last four years doing the same thing. So it's really beautiful to see the, um, the music industry broadening in its consideration and um, identity of like music and, and popularizing something that has been really niche, which is sound healing yeah. and healing with these kind of alternative frequencies. And so that's been really exciting. And I'm, I'm, I'm pioneering that with Miss Janae. No, we don't know each other yet for the record. <laughs> yet. Yet. We, we, we have the same teacher. <laughs> Shout out to Geraldine Glass. Um, if you want okay, sound bells. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so six, six so, degrees of Kevin Bacon. So actually, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, shit, like I know people who've worked on her stuff too. I'm like, I could probably connect y'all. So tell us a little bit more about like the, I guess, like science or energetics behind sound healing and why it's so powerful. And like, I mean, even just seeing Janae put it into an album, yeah. like this stuff is becoming much more mainstream or more people are, are open to it now. Mm -hmm. And I think because like in the last year and stuff, people need more like tuning into themselves and like stress relief and like peace and calm and energy management. So totally. yeah, like tell everyone a little bit more about like, you know, I really, I want to give homage and shout out to the urban communities and urban culture, because I really feel like it's been urban culture that has popularized Western um, theories and practices in really integral ways. Not that any other peoples haven't, but as of recently, because of the awareness around mental health, people who don't and refuse to identify with the labels that come with symptoms of mental health or instability, 
they are looking for alternative ways to treat themselves because a pill does not resonate with their being, their lifestyle, or just their identity of who they are and who they want to be. And so there's been this uprising and search for alternative ways to support brain function, to support the health of our our neurology, and, and to how can we induce and support these state changes on demand in a healthy way that's better on the system than a chemical pill, right? And so this is how we've really come into this new age where sound healing and sound therapy is way more known and available. So it's really exciting. So shout out to all the people who have been on the forefront of that. But you do see in like a lot of the urban celebrity um, social media and lifestyle that they showcase that there's this holistic Eastern way mm-hmm. that they've adopted in a lot of them like Lizzo, um, you know, Toby Nwigwe, Beyonce, there's just like this nod and acknowledgement of these alternative ways of healing. Um, and, and it's rooted in artistry at the end of the day. Yeah. So that's, that, that's like my blanket uh, as far as the science behind it so everything is vibration mm-hmm. you know it's like the particle the wave crashing into the uh, collapsing into the particle particle into the wave and so if if we're dealing with frequencies and we have this this skin suit slash <laughs> uh vessel vehicle instrument home that is a bunch made up of a bunch of cells and those cells have taken different shapes and different forms. Um, and those different layers have kind of a, a different texture to them. Uh, and if, if, if you could imagine like each energetic layer of your aura and then each layer of your fascia and then each layer of bone and your blood, they all have a different texture. And if each of those layers had pores, they would have a different size pore. And so when we're talking about frequencies, the different frequencies of sound that we can work with match up to the different size pores of each of those energetic layers or physical layers so that they can actually penetrate through the layer and then deposit what we would call information data frequency sound tone and access and then influence that layer so when we're talking about like sound bowls for instance you have three you have many different tunings the three popular tunings are going to be 440 which is our standard tuning of sound this is what our music is played at on the radio and so forth so 440 so, four, hertz right yeah 440 hertz then you have an alternative hertz which is 432 which is the natural resonance of our planet earth okay so it's a great frequency to work with when wanting to do any work around alignment and harmonizing with your environment, Mm. syncing up to like, if you're just moving, if you're um, going from one hemisphere to another and changing time zones, 432 is fabulous for just reconnecting and like sit out in nature. If you can pop in some earbuds and listen to something at 432. And that is your pill for the day, doggy. Like it literally is like, tuning your body you're like tuning when you your, like hit your a tuning antenna. fork for like 
a guitar or something. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, what's that noise? Bing. Oh, no, not on there. And like literally those samples help your body. And I keep getting chills like down the leg, (laughs) which like is so normal. But I'm like, every time I keep talking about this and keeps happening, I'm like, zing, zing. So I'm like, yes, universe, we're, I know, I get it. So it helps to bring like just your cellular data. Yes. In tune right yes. into better alignment and and there's shapes involved in that if you're a student of like sacred geometry and and like golden ratio and uh spirals and the the nature of 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 shape sound direction and and how like the genome is coded uh so like the direction in which you play the bowls also have something to do with the way you're correcting or supporting or resetting the cellular um, data in, in like configuring and locking in. So you have, you have those bowls, right? You have all, oh, sorry, there's another tuning 528, which is the one I use the most, which is the tuning of unconditional love, cellular repair and cellular reprogramming. Mm. Really, really fucking powerful. And, and then you have the difference in sets of whether those bowls in their tunings and their specific tunings are chakra-based bowls or they're tuned to different parts of the nervous system, parasympathetic or endocrine system, right? So endocrine is going to access the layer of the body that is bone and blood. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to have chakra that's going to work on uh, soft tissues and energy centers. Yeah. So that's our fascia and our chakra points. And then, you know, and then, and then, and then all of these, when you create, like if I have, sometimes I will mix my tuning. So I'll do a C note at 528 and a C note at 432. And they'll be the, they'll be slightly off each other, but the same note, but that slight offness creates a whoa, 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 which is known as a binaural beat mm-hmm. or a binaural wave frequency and that binaural the technology of binaural coding is that it calibrates it recalibrates your neurology and the four quadrants of your brain so it's it's working all the layers of the body to literally recalibrate tune and harmonize you so there's there and there's quite a bit of actual science that you can go into from quantum physics to just measuring the Hertz frequencies. And then, I mean, hundreds of like 10 plus year long studies with graphs and like MRIs, uh, brain scan after brain scan after brain scan and seeing the difference in studies. HeartMath is a huge institute that works with frequency, breath, and the 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 pace of your heart. And mm-hmm. you know, there's so many companies, so much data at this point that proves and shows the effectiveness and results of short-term and long-term usage of sound frequency yeah. and alternative tunings as a means of like supporting your system so healthcare. this is fascinating and i'm sure this can be used on the opposite side of things right like dissonant frequencies <laughs> don't, don't, don't. right for evil as well 
and chaos. I just keep fighting every time you do that. I just keep like seeing the pop, uh, like pop of like Animations. evil, chaos. I don't know. Pow. I don't know. This, we're pretty like raw over here. So I don't know how much like animation <laughs> special effects we're going to go into post-production. But right? Like you can create some like frictiony, dissonant you can, sounds that probably stir up yucky. Well, if, really if you, scientific stir up explanation. yucky, yes, that is quantifiable. Yeah. Yucky stir is quantifiable. Yucky. Um, so yes. Not that I like the, have the, plans for this, but I'm just like, well, the short answer is yes. And shit. there's a bunch of that that already is happening. Right. Uh, no kidding. Big shocker. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> like Alexa in the other room is probably feeding me. Well, it weird let's, stuff. I don't know. Without going down the rabbit hole, let's just put it this way. If the right tuning puts you into alignment, then the wrong tuning is gonna put you out of alignment. Yeah. Period. Even just like different lighting, you know, like 100%. fluorescent lights versus like natural lights, same kind of yeah, there's a vibe. there's psychology behind everything that has anything to do with consumerism or capitalism. So you bet that they're going to be using all of the kinds of sensory uh, influencing things and mediums and techniques to sway, manipulate, suggest, mm. dare I say, program beings yeah. to go one way or another or to buy this or buy that or feel like shit. So you need that fascinating we'll cap it there yes that's a whole series dog <laughs> part two we'll talk about that are you a growing entrepreneur looking for more visibility do you want to stand out as the authority and expert that you are do you want more leads more dream clients coming to you asking about how they can work with you do you want to sell out your programs and have a stacked wait list are you finally ready to scale your business and create more results with less effort? Then you need the PR Accelerator, a hybrid program where we will teach you or somebody on your team how to do your own public relations, how to secure more podcast interviews, more media features, more speaking gigs, more collaborations, and ultimately more authoritative visibility so that you can scale your influence, your impact, and your income with ease. To learn more, visit laurensalon.com slash PR dash accelerator. That's laurensalon.com slash PR dash accelerator. Okay, so switching gears slightly, you are not only a like you practice plant medicine and use it for yourself, but also facilitate other people to have really transformative experiences through various plant medicines. Like I did my first and only up until now ayahuasca ceremony that Monique helped to facilitate. And it was, and I did it when, as you know, and as the audience knows, as my ex and I decided to end our marriage and we were in this very big pivotal transformational point, like a ton of, I, I was in a place where I still had a lot of healing to do from that. And I was also excited for the next chapter. So it was this really big turning point in my life. And I did my journey mm -hmm. as that kind of, okay, closing the door on this current chapter and helping with some healing there and everything like that. And any shame, like letting clearing that the yucky, right. Mm -hmm. But then also like, okay, now let's like open up and be receptive to like this new 
chapter. And so it was part healing for me and closing a door, but then part like just beautiful, like euphoric love, energy, magic for the next thing I was stepping into. And it was one of the most profound experiences, like, holy fuck, I got to do a whole episode on it. If I haven't already, depending on when this one comes out. So fucking cool. Loved it. And absolutely will be going again. I mean, we just talked like last week about the next, you know, next time I want to do it and stuff, but I would love to hear how you got into that and like the power of this sort of, these sort of experiences. Oh, oh. Viva, viva, <laughs> viva. Oh man. Yeah. So I am a student first and foremost of the indigenous wisdoms and traditions that carry um, alternative plant medicines. And I have been studying this for um, six years now, going on six years, and I'm still very, very deep in my study. You know, I'm, I'm, I do not call myself a shaman. However, I do practice shamanic arts and healing. At this point, I'm like, I, I facilitate with two different communities that are actually like mom, like parent child communities so we have i have i work with the holy grail which is out of hawaii who you sat with like oh my god like live instrumentation incredible musicality incredible endurance and stamina and the the technology of the the group aspect of journeying and being in a larger group versus a smaller group um, is is really profound, especially when working through um, wounds or or issues uh, around intimacy, visibility, safety with people, things like this. It's it's really good medicine, um, and the. And then the other community that I I serve with is in a bit more. Uh, intimate capacity. And that is Temple of Sacred Mysteries out of Escondido, California, near San Diego. And um, that is spearheaded by my teacher, my mentor, uh, Dr. Kate Siner, who's just an incredible, incredible individual, amazing teacher, amazing mentor, amazing medicine woman. Epic dance moves too. It's like incredible medium. She's an artist, you know, at the end of the day in all areas of her life. She's really, she really brings a lot of, um, and a, a doctor, right? She's a doctor. She's, no, she's a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist. She is yeah. legit, real deal. Um, and and yeah, she she has a lot of programming. So if you're interested, definitely um, connect, and I will connect you. But yeah, we we have two kind of offerings that we so we provide at Temple of Sacred Mysteries, which is the uh, the grandmother sits with ayahuasca um, for in a Afro-Brazilian lineage format, which is known as Umbanda, which supports um, mediumship and medium mystic quality prayer and activations uh, and expressions. Um, so it's a little bit more expressive and most of the Brazilian styles of sitting with plant medicine are tuned to joy and are a little bit more up they hold a higher frequency in terms of attunement as where and I'm not shitting on any other culture or indigenous practice or format um, like Shipibo or Peruvian 
where it's much more internal and it's meant to really take you through the depths and the, and the, and thresholds, mm-hmm. um, you know? So it's like, it's like they're different vitamins for different things. Right. It creates right? a different experience. And I can mm-hmm. totally attest to that because we did my experience, like, and there are so many different like phases of one journey, right? Cause it's a full day, night situation, the way that we did it. Mm-hmm. And like, there were, there was like, and I'm, I'm about to say hours, but I don't know. It could have been three minutes. Like, I don't fucking know, <laughs> you know, but there was an extended period of time in my reality that like, I felt like if you imagine like, um, memes or like, just like animations where like you open your mouth or your eyes and it's like, like glitter rainbow, just like shooting out. Like, that's how I felt. So I was like, felt that joy, love energy, like so much that I was like, pew, 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 all over with it. Yeah. And so that has to do with, and when I say attunement, what I really uh, mean in layman's terms is it will, it's the facilitation and the guides, deities that are called to do the work and to support the healing of that ceremony or that circle. So a lot of the shamanic um, indigenous formats are going to be very earth-based and some sky, um, but they're not going to go into much oracular, angelic kind of frequency work or healing work. And in the Brazilian culture, there are several formats that offer a cross of like indigenous earth-based healer spirits, um, celestial angelic oracular healers and deities um so there's like a cross-pollination of the kind of healing that's available which i really love because i love options (laughs) you know and and i and i feel it's like super integrative of light and and shadow um so i i'm a really big fan of like the peruvian formats um and then the last ceremony that Temple of Sacred Mysteries offers as a psilocybin journey, um, which is called the Sophia Ceremonies. And we're that's working. when I get to do. Oh my so. gosh. It's on the 21th. Wait, like next week? Next week. Well, guess okay. who's gonna be I'm there. probably going to do that. <laughs> I've, been, I've been feeling a deep journey like that is def- definitely another grandmother journey when when that's back here but yes we'll talk about that yeah like divine feminine it's a divine it's a it's a place to really come in touch with the divine feminine and heal the parts of divine feminine that need to be healed within the masculine and feminine parts of each of us and it's a co-ed facilitation meaning it's both for male and female participants Mm. and whatever you identify with participants yeah just super welcoming and open and it's like we believe that you can't do divine feminine work without the divine. Absolutely. And so actually let's, and I, I did a clubhouse this morning about divine masculine and feminine stuff. And that's something that we talk about here often. Have you always felt like a balance in those or how has your experience with like your divine masculine, divine feminine been and what helped you really understand those energies in yourself and be able to move in them or acknowledge them in a way that's going to support you really effectively. Cause like I've talked about this with my audience a lot with like how I structure my productivity, for example, like okay. I have masculine energy days where I'm like 
crushing the shit to-do list. Nah, 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 bam, 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 bam. Yes. You know, like, like really executing and transactional, like yeah. crush it off the list. And then I've got deeper, like feminine energy days where I'm like, I don't want to get on the phone with anybody. I want to have long, spacious, like work time that I can go deep in a project. And maybe this is more the creative day. So yeah. even just balancing my productivity that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So as far as like my relationship to masculine and feminine, it has not always been balanced at all. Um, I've had to do significant amount of recalibration and healing, you know, and those are both separate, actually, like healing and then recalibrating and then going back and healing another layer and then recalibrating and integrating it. So it's been like it's and I'm still very much in in that. And I think um, as my relationships of all kind deepen. So does my understanding of intimacy. So does my understanding of interpersonal relationships mm -hmm. and connections and, and my study of frequency, you know, in, in like, as all of those things deepen, so does my relationship and my healing to the divine masculine and feminine, because I'm still working out parts with myself yeah. every day. And I am constantly monitoring how much masculine energy I output and how much feminine energy I'm outputting. And like, you know, the ebb and flow, the giving and receiving, when is my energy like in magnetism and attracting? And when is it in giving? and serving mm. and like you know it crosses over into my business big time it also crosses over into my vocal process and how I treat myself when I'm recording because I get very self-conscious if you ask any artist like being up against a mic some days it's just you against you and some other days you're just crushing it it's like no big deal you're like oh there's a professional that's been training <laughs> for 10 plus 13 15 20 years and and so it's like reminding myself when I'm recording, like to, to channel the energy that the song is really in devotion of. Is it a call to action? Do I bring that ferocity, that, that rawness? Or do I bring tenderness? Because this is kind of like a lullaby in a song about breaking open and having no choice but to surrender because you're fucking beat. You know, does that require like what kind of energy, what kind of archetype, what kind of feminine energy, what kind of masculine energy? You know, that's where you can really learn so much through the archetypes about the shades of masculine and feminine energy, because it's not just blue and red, black and white. There are great, there's, there's gradients, there's shades, and there's temperaments, and there's feminine feistiness and then there's masculine aggression then there's feminine softness and then there's a masculine holding or, i'm sorry a, a soft masculine holding right so you have each of these shades within the masculine principle and the feminine principle and i'm constantly learning more and more and more about yeah. it and through, in fact, ayahuasca work, the Umbanda, the study of Umbanda and the Orishas, these, these deities that represent the major archetypes and aspects of the human personality, psyche, and soul uh, from a shadow and light aspect, from a godly and human aspect. I've learned to study the masculine, feminine parts of these archetypes 
um, through their frequency. Their frequency in cer the ceremonial space presences itself through the songs that we're singing and the drum rhythms that we're playing. And we receive this visitation of the presence of the Orisha or the archetype that we're working with. And they have a whole slew of lessons that are transmitted from their frequency, from just being in the energy of this 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 masculine or feminine deity yeah. principle and it's incredible like the enrichment and how much i've learned about the the shades of masculine and feminine through the orishas and through the study of these archetypes so cool. and how they apply to myself it's it's so it's so cool amazing all right and kind of going back to the like taking journeys and stuff like that because i know with ayahuasca at least some it, it can be very intimidating mm. to a lot of people mm. and and even people like in conversations i've had people like oh well you know it, it's interesting because i think you want to one look at it as a medicine as a transformational experience not just and yes there are opportunities for it to just be about pleasure and fun and playfulness depending on what you're doing that can be healing too yeah but less about just like recreational like some friday night you know no, you're not coming a trip no no yeah and so for people who are like intimidated by it, but maybe curious, like what sort of guidance do you, would you give people who are like, I kind of, I want to try it, but I don't know. I'm a little nervous. Like, how do I know if I'm ready to do something like this or what questions they should ask themselves before diving into a journey, whether it's a, a mushroom experience or an ayahuasca experience? Yeah. So I'd say that <laughs> as you were uh, fleshing this out and, and asking the question, I just, I had like a little a laughter moment in my head. One of my guides was like, it really has to do with the personality coming into it. And yes, I just heard everyone's that. different. Just like, like in, so intention is everything when coming into any kind of ceremony, utilizing any kind of substance or just, it doesn't even have to deal with substance, just any kind of formal ceremony of like communion. It's like, what is the, intention this is the guiding light we can get lost we are pros at distracting ourselves and being distracted and to have a focus that you really commit to in and of itself that facilitates something like in my opinion corrective in a system to just commit and have that focus and that dedication and clarity uh through the whole journey to like the thing that you came for um and so if if, if someone's like feeling called to this I, I think this is where I really feel like I want to speak to most is like if you're feeling called to this but you don't have an intention and you're not clear about your intention or you do have an intention but you're scared of what that intention will actually manifest into as your ooh, experience ooh, yeah part of your intention can totally be to create trust with the medicine and for grandmother to introduce her healing ways and abilities and her personality to you with grace and gentleness. Mm. And if you come with a full heart, like really just like compassion for yourself that you would like this to be graceful and that's part of your intention. I really believe that you will have that experience if you hold that for yourself. 
if you're like, I'm afraid, no, I'm not afraid. And like you go in white knuckling, like I can handle this. You're going to have your ass handed to you because the whole point of grandmother, like step one, no matter what your journey is surrender. Yeah. I'm laughing because in, during my journey, like, I don't think anyone enjoys throwing up. Right. And that's often a part of an ayahuasca experience. I I, and I'm not going to get like too like gross with this kind of stuff, but there was a moment when like I, I purged a tiny bit with like my first cup and then second cup had about an hour after taking that one had a, a definitely needed to get some out. She had a purge. Yep. Needed a purge, but I'm laying there on my mat, on my back, on the floor, feeling like, oh, my body wants to throw up. And I was like, nope. We are not doing that. If I just lay here long enough and I don't move it, it'll just figure itself out and we won't go there. And I'm like resisting this like (sighs) so hard. Right. And part of very much part of my intention was surrender, right? Right. Surrender. Cause miss like recovering control freak over here, recovering hyper masculine energy freak over here. And so I'm laying there and I'm like, my body is telling me it wants to throw up right now. That's what it needs. I said that during this experience, I was going to surrender. So surrendering means getting out of my head right now and letting my body do what it needs to do. And so we had our little moment that was very quick, whatever, it was fine. And then I felt great. So yeah. yeah. (laughs) And you know, like the, the thing about the purges, you, in my opinion, you have to earn your purge. Oh. Um, a purge, you feel relief at the end of that. Uh, but what are you feeling relief from? Is it just like this bodily thing? Um, if you, mm. if one would just study, if one studies like the nature of like somatic wisdom, the body, the wisdom of the body and how the body holds and stores memories and traumas and information, they would know that pain, physical pain is actually the manifestation of emotional, psychological and energetic pain. Word. And so this there are two ways that your experience could have gone, Lauren. You could have actually needed to move and that mm-hmm. would have kept you from purging. Or if you like, and this is the importance of like being as connected to your intention as possible. Usually when you are feeling nauseous and you're going to have a purge, it's because the frequency is hitting something that is triggering uh, a distortion in your consciousness or your system your physical system, like a belief, a limiting belief, or a way that you're orienting to something that's not healthy for you, or a way mm. that you're being with something, like, like you, your just default attitude on something, or out view, or outlook, perception, perspective, all the words. <laughs> um, and, and if you are, if you go, if you take the journey, and you stay with that kind of sick feeling for a minute, and you go past the physical sensation and the distraction of the physical sensation of nausea and you listen what the medicine actually is there doing is it's trying to have a conversation with you about this part of you that wants to be released but it doesn't Mm -hmm. want to release it it doesn't want you to have the purge until it has your full attention so that you can witness the purge and witness what you're actually getting rid of because if you don't know you're getting rid of it psychologically and from an identity perspective it's still you're still sick 
Mm. You're not healed until you actually witness the healing happening. So that's the kind of, that is the glory and the victory in the purge. Oh my gosh. Like chills, 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 like preach. Thank you. Uh And then the other situation is, you know, sometimes one will experience an activation in the medicine space and they will start to feel their, their breath, their mind, their thoughts, their energy ramp up and they'll start to get nauseous. And this is meaning that there's energies that are wanting to work with you as in kind of a mediumistic way. And they're, they're, they're not so for the sake of incorporation and you being a medium and having like another spirit inhabit you, but more so they want you to move, they want to move your body because that's part of the healing work. And so in Umbanda, we encourage people to get up and move and dance and flow. But when people are like this or curled up, they're actually contracting the trauma and keeping it tight and not able to flow out of the body. So we encourage people to stand, to move, to like dance and allow the rhythms and the energies to guide and move the body for the sake of healing and moving energy out of the body that is um, needed for the individual energy wants to move whether it's like low vibrational energy high vibrational energy it wants to move we don't just like hold on to it and keep it right so i love that yeah so like for for those who are interested i'd say like what i have to offer is um when you meet these new parts that are coming up and you're like my leg is shaking why is my leg shaking let it shake and get curious about why it's shaking Mm. ask it why it's shaking instead of trying to shut it down because you're afraid because then you will experience getting your ass kicked by ayahuasca if you try to control anything and just trusting that it's all for you. That doesn't mean you can't ask questions and ask guardians and facilitators, hey, what's happening to me? That I so encourage. It's so important for you to know what's going on. And, but also allowing, allowing it, creating the space for allowing, like super trusting the process. Because when, when that journey is done, 99% of the time you come into a place where you're like, it was all worth it. And I understand why Yeah. only about 1% of time. And it's usually those who are in resistance at some level and denial to their resistance that are still kind of needing extra support once the ceremony closes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Before we switch to the next thing, I know we do have a hard stop and I could talk to you for like uh, several more hours about this. I can be reoccurring. Mm, Yeah. Well, duh. We like, yeah, obviously. So (laughs) you are like a queen at like showing your full expression, obviously using your voice in more ways than one and not just through singing. And I know you always have, have not always felt comfortable in that and showing up as the most full version of yourself. Mm -hmm. So for everyone listening, because this show is about helping you like amplify all the areas of your life and stand out as the most bold, unapologetic, aligned and authentic version of you Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. So what is some advice, like whether it's an action item, a habit, a quote, a question to ask yourself for people who are looking to stand out more and just live so unapologetically bold? All right. It's around permission 
and confidence because I feel like in order to amplify truly amplify you're talking about aligned frequency meaning like it's embodied you're not faking it till you make it you are it right that and it's about hmm, empowering yourself so I'd say the first action step that I would offer somebody to amp begin amplifying themselves. It's so basic, y'all. Ask yourself before anybody has a chance to ask you in your day, how are you today? Mm. If you ask yourself this before anyone else has the opportunity to ask you, you will feel more connected to yourself, therefore more confident. And then you can actually identify what you need in your day. When you know what you need, you give yourself a big fat permission slip to do that. And that also translates into how does that, how do I express this, right? In order to really amplify on the frequency side of things, there's also clarity and clarity comes from knowing what's what being up to date and being able to mm, choose from that place. So again, this is just all about like grounding your confidence and empowering yourself with knowing how, what you're working with from day to day. And then when someone actually asks you how you're doing, you know what to say. It's not autopilot. You're not lying to yourself. You're not lying to somebody else for the sake of formalities and keeping it light. But like you have you know how to express yourself and that authenticity will build more relationships and deepen more relationships than you can imagine, um, which amplifies. I mean, like the, the layers of this, my mind can't even communicate the layers that this small little thing will support in terms of amplifying your shine, your confidence, your expression and your willingness to be seen. Mm. I'm like staring at you, like listening to you say all that with like this big grin on my face. My fucking friends, y'all, they are so wise and just like pure ass magic. Yum. Okay. To wrap us up, where can everybody find you? And if they want to learn more about everything that you got going on, like, how, yeah. How does everyone get in touch with yes, you? Yes. If you want some of this one-on-one -on -one love, um, I do coaching. I have vocal programs that are launching here in March, artist development work. I have a lot of music out there in the world. The best place that you can connect with me is going to be on IG, on Instagram. I love my Instagram family. Um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on YouTube. I'm on all the things. Tell everyone what's your, what's your IG. I'll, it'll be in my the show IG notes. My IG is at Monique Benabu. That's M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-B-E-N-A-B-O-U. Hey. hey perfect and <laughs> shit yeah we absolutely have to do a, a round two because i'm like i'm not I'm like i got like three of the questions out <laughs> no oh my gosh i adore you thank you so much for coming and sharing so much of your magic and just you with everybody i fucking love you i and fucking love you yeah and we love you woo Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. 
And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you. Because the world needs more of your magic. Yeah.